You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of the last section, section 10, of Collected Works, Volume 266, Volume 3, from the Esoteric School, Esoteric Lessons from 1913 to 1923, translated by Marsha Post. This section goes from pages 405 to 443. Two Esoteric Lessons for the Youth Group For these two lessons there are seven documents. Six are typed, and one copy, C, is handwritten. Two copies contain both lessons, while the other five each contain only one. Only record A of the second lesson is signed, and that was signed by Maria Gröschel. The others bear no names. The variations in the actual texts are minimal. Only in the note-taker's inserted comments are there greater differences in the formulation, but not in the content of the text itself. The comments of the note-takers are given in parentheses. First Esoteric Lesson, Stuttgart, July 13, 1923 This text follows Record B, unless otherwise noted. Parenthesis Record E Rudolf Steiner came somewhat earlier than expected, about 8 p.m., while we waited for him in the library on Landhausstrasse. We had asked Rudolf Steiner for a meeting as a result of our being acutely at odds and depressed because of the withdrawal of our friend, name unknown. While we waited, we came into discussion again about our difficulties. Then Rudolf Steiner came in unexpectedly. We were prepared to describe our plight and to be permitted to ask his advice. Instead of this, once he and Marie Steiner had taken their places, he immediately began speaking to us out of his own self, addressing us with the following words. My dear sisters and brothers, the meditations you have received for your inner work will be valid for a long time yet. Today something is to be given that can contribute to the infinite deepening of the mood with your practicing. Parenthesis, he described what we would receive as a kind of accompaniment or supplement for the daily exercises. Then he began, explaining close parentheses. The meditation consists of words that you must first live into. However, people today sleep in relation to the word. For example, they think the word vax, wax, comes from vaxen, to grow or expand while in reality it comes from Weichsein, to be soft. Today, yet in the dialect of some regions, the word for Weich is Wach. What does someone actually experience today with such an expression as, quote, Deine Worte haben mein Gemüt erweicht. Close quote, bracket, Your words have softened my mind and heart. Close bracket. Parenthesis. The soft, penetrating tone with which this sentence, and especially the last word, was spoken, 
pressed deeply into the minds and hearts of those listening. Close parenthesis. Parenthesis, record E. One must imagine how the seal is pressed into the wax. That is how the talk imprinted itself into my soul. Close parenthesis. One must come to a completely different relationship to the word. There are, for example, the words to sleep and to wake. They mean something totally different from what is usually thought. Those sleeping and those who are awake are in the same outer surroundings. It is just that those who are awake know this world, and those who are sleeping know nothing of it. Correspondingly, it is also the same with the anthroposophists in relation to the non-anthroposophists. The anthroposophists know of a world, the spiritual world, in which the non-anthroposophists also live without knowing anything of it. This is true to yet a greater extent with the meditants. For this reason they must become modest in the use of the word. Parenthesis, this last sentence could not help but find an especially earnest resonance in our souls, remembering the discussion that had taken place among us just before this. Close parenthesis. Parenthesis again, record E. The difference between the earnest, subdued mood in which Rudolf Steiner spoke and the mood into which we ourselves had come was very great. Close parenthesis. A further such word is I, capital. Among all of the words of human speech, this word has a special place. In approximately the third year of life, the human being learns to use this word. That is an age, however, in which there is as yet no actual I-consciousness present. Therefore, one learns at first to speak this word only automatically. Only in the twenty-first year of life does the birth of the I take place. However, what appears there is still, even through the whole of life, not the true I. The ordinary human being meets the I again only after death. So until death, all human beings use the word I always only provisionally. The meditants must become especially conscious of this provisional use of the word I. Meditants must learn that they must find their way to the true I gradually, by learning first to experience it through all their three sheaths. Parenthesis Rudolf Steiner now began to describe the three sheaths in sequence, beginning with the physical body. Close parenthesis. The physical body is subject to gravity, just as the mineral is. Opposite to the force of gravity is the force of light. In the heart, both of these work against each other. The gravity pulls downward and the light draws upward. In order to correctly experience gravity, hold a crystal in your hand and examine it. Do not look at the transparency, that is, its light nature but rather let its weight work on you. Parenthesis. Immediately the words gravity weight and light were spoken in such a manner that the real weight and light could be experienced in the words. Now Rudolf Steiner seemed to be weighing a crystal in his hand, such that one experienced the weight of it in the movement of his hand. From then on his devotion to sound and gesture became ever stronger and more expressive. Close parenthesis.
You must learn to experience your relationship to your physical body in the same way that you experience an outer body. It must become all the same to you whether you shovel a pile of sand from one side to the other he made the gesture of shoveling with all devotion or whether you are moving your own body through space. Thus must the meditant regain the experience that is natural in the East and is described there in the words, quote, I carry my body through the door, close quote. Individual things of the earth do not have weight because the earth pulls each of them toward it, but because they are all subject together to the unified gravity being of the earth. Our task consists of consciously living into this gravity being of the earth. May the following mantra serve to deepen this experience. My own being is interwoven with the earth gravity. Parenthesis record E. Gross Steiner used an ever stronger sound gesture in his speech. Thus, real weight or gravity was at work in the individual words he used to characterize the earth gravity. The words he used then to describe the lightness of the light were a great contrast. Only when you immerse yourself completely in the element of weight or gravity can you advance to the experience of lightness. In a dream of flying, this element presses into human experience. The interpretation of this dream by modern psychology is totally wrong because it calls it an anxiety dream. Anxiety has to do with becoming small and cramped. In the dream of flying, one dreams precisely of becoming wide, of lightness. The force of lightness is connected with the sun. It is the force that causes water to ascend and to evaporate. This evaporated water condenses again into clouds and returns to the earth again as rain. It is, however, not correct to think that the force of lightness lifts the water only to this sphere, where it condenses and returns to earth. Actually, the substance of the water is led still much further. It is fully dematerialized by the lightness. When the clouds ascend and then disappear, the water ceases to be matter. The force of the sun that brings this about can, however, work so intensely that too much earth water is taken up and etherized. Then too much foreign ether collects in the surroundings of the earth. Then the congested, dammed-up ether suddenly breaks back into the material earth sphere again. We experience this as the phenomenon of lightning. In lightning, the etheric substance lights up in order to condense into a watery form as rain or even into a solid form as hail. In lightning, the sky tears and the dammed-up ether breaks and descends. What happens in this way suddenly and therefore perceptibly also takes place quietly in the constant rhythm in the evaporating water and the forming of the clouds. In order to live into this element of lightness, it is helpful to place a cosmic picture before the soul. You can imagine, for example, a dark, heavy mountain or forest. Floating in front of this, there are clouds that ascend and, gradually dissipating, disappear. For deepening in this element, may the following mantra serve. My own being is interwoven 
with the lightness of the light. The plant is fixed between the earth and the sun. Gravity works on it from below and the light from above. This light streams from the universe down upon the earth and is taken in by the earth and preserved within it. At the same time, along with the light, the warmth enters into the earth. This streaming in takes place during the summer and autumn. During the winter, the light and warmth rest in the earth. In the spring, the light frees itself and pulsates elastically back to the cosmos. Thereby it brings about the growth of the plants. People do not know much about the warmth that is preserved in the earth during the winter. Only the farmer uses it, for instance, when he stores his potatoes in a silo. The light streams thus elastically downward, upward, downward. Parenthesis. Again, this was accompanied by impressive gestures. The plant lives in this pulsating. For this reason it can move vertically, it can grow and shrivel, but it cannot move horizontally from its place. In contrast, the animals and human beings can move freely in the horizontal. This freedom from their place on the earth is given by the breathing. The breath makes it possible for them to move about on the earth. Also, the atmosphere spreads itself out horizontally, encompassing the whole earth. Only those beings that can breathe freely can walk freely. When you think about this, every step must become a mystery of walking. May the following saying serve to deepen in this element. My own being is interwoven with the strength of the breath. Now all three sheaths and the cosmic forces that are interwoven with them are gone through a second time. The connection was still more deeply illumined and then led on to the grasping of the eye. If you want to understand the nature of gravity as it works in the human body, you must look at the development of the embryo. During this development, gravity plays no part in the human body, in the embryo. The embryo floats in the amniotic fluid. Only through the physical birth does the human being come under the influence of gravity. It is also exactly the same for the body of the earth. The gravity being becomes connected with it also only over time. Bracket record E in the course of its evolution. When you immerse yourself spiritually in gravity, you are led back to the cosmic past of the earth and thereby to the experience of that moment when the earth was born out of the divine father forces. Thus you are led on this path to the meeting with these divine father forces themselves. The following saying, My being is interwoven with the earth gravity, leads to the experience of ex deo nasimur, bracket, out of God we are born, close bracket, Every time when you go to sleep, you enter into the world in which the lightness of the light reigns. Bracket, record E. Quote, when you learn to go to sleep consciously, you will perceive this. Close quote, close bracket. It is the same world that you enter through the portal of death. It is the realm where Christ lives today. We reach him through dying out of the physical. The following mantra, My own being is interwoven with the lightness of the light.
leads to the experience of in Christo morimur, bracket, in Christ we die, close brackets. Darkness and light, gravity and lightness, work in opposition on the plant. Both are combined with each other in the element of air. We experience this clearly in the phenomena of the red glow of dawn and of sunset. Yet what is perceptible for ordinary sight in the east and west, a finer vision also notices in the north and the south, and actually all the way around in the horizontal in all directions. The element of air surrounds the whole earth. Thus in this sphere the human being becomes a member of, belongs to, the whole earth. The mantra, my own being is interwoven with the earth gravity, connects us with the physical in the world. The force of the etheric lives in the lightness of the light. Through the breath, we connect ourself with the astral that gives us the free mobility of our limbs and the strength of will. Being born and waking up are connected with the inhaling. Dying and going to sleep are connected with exhaling. We breathe living air in and breathe dead air out. In the exhaled air we form speech. This is a spiritual act of will through which the dead air is again enlivened, therefore deepening in the mantra, My own being is interwoven with the strength of the breath. Leads to the experience of per spiritum sanctum revivissimus, bracket, through the spirit we are reborn, close bracket. The eye of the human being is surrounded by three sheaths. The eye itself is not egotistical. Only the sheaths are egotistical. If the eye is freed from its sheath, it wants immediately to spread or expand itself out to the whole cosmos. However, it is enclosed in its three sheaths. In the East, the image of this being enclosed is the lotus flower. Also in the lotus flower, the innermost core is surrounded by three circles of blossom petals. Parenthesis, as Rudolf Steiner spoke this, he supported his elbows on the table and with both hands he made the gesture of the form of a flower bud. His gestures and voice had a special delicacy and devotion. Bracket record G, delicacy and inwardness, close bracket. Then he said, close parenthesis. In India, this was expressed with the words Aum Mani Padme Aum. Mein Ich ist beschlossen in der Lotus Blüte. Bracket, my eye is enclosed in the lotus flower. Close bracket. If you want to come to the true eye, you must go through all three sheaths. There are three stages that lead to the eye. Parenthesis, the following was spoken with a ritual intonation. With each stage he let us he let his arms fall heavily onto the table to the right and to the left. He then brought them back up for building the flower form again. Parenthesis, close parenthesis. One enters the first stage and experiences my own being is interwoven with the earth gravity. Ex Deonasimer. The first sheath falls. One enters the second stage and experiences my own being is interwoven with the lightness of the light, in Christo Morimur. The second sheath 
falls. One enters the third stage and experiences my own being is interwoven with the strength of the breath, perspiritum sanctum revivissimus. The third sheath falls. Parenthesis, record C. Every time Rudolf Steiner mentions the falling of the sheaths, he lets his forearms and hands fall heavily upon the table. The way he spoke the word falls, he again sculpted in sound the falling of the sheath in question. He closed the session by speaking the Indian mantra once again. He said it could be practiced either in the original or in the German translation. Close parenthesis. Aum Mani Padme Aum. Parenthesis. In the meantime, it had become dark. In the last light, only the white of Rudolf Steiner's face and hands was visible. After he gave a sign that the lesson was ended, the light was turned on. He got up and said goodbye to us by shaking the hand of each of us and of Marie Steiner. Close parenthesis. Bracket. Remark of the note-taker. Of the words in the Sanskrit, Rudolf Steiner said one could meditate them in the original form or in the translation of one's own language. Close bracket. In explanation of the syllable Aum, he said in another connection that it had sounded this way originally in as far as we can imitate it. The ah is the sound of awe, o is the sound of reverence, and the oo is the sound of fear. Readers aside, it is spelled here A-O-U-M, possibly pronounced aum, end of readers aside. All three together results in the sound of erfurcht, a solemn, respectful reverence and awe. Mani is the phonetic expression of the purest, the most inward, the essential. And so, in the mineral kingdom, it expresses the pure crystal, especially the quartz crystal. In the plant, especially the lotus, the innermost part of the flower where the fragrance arises, and in the human being, the eye, padme, means in the lotus, close bracket. That is the end of the first esoteric lesson. Second esoteric lesson given in Dornach, on December 30th, 1923, at 8.30 a.m. Bracket, this report corresponds in all details to Record A, which was signed by Maria Rochel and bears the name of Fritz Goethe stamped on it. Close bracket. Under the impression of the new esoteric form of the Anthroposophical Society, through the Christmas conference, we went to Dr. Steiner with the question of whether he had in this time something to say to us that concerned our work specifically. He said he did, and after a few days told us the place and time of the meeting. This time we gathered in a mood that attempted to correspond to the responsibility of the moment that was approaching. We gathered in the middle room of the glass house. We sat on benches that were arranged in a half circle, so that no one sat behind anyone else. Before us stood a table, Dr. Steiner sat at the long side of the table, and Marie Steiner and Ida Wegmann sat at either end. Rudolf Steiner was in front of the arch of the east wall of the room. Dr. Steiner entered the room in accompaniment of the two guests. He greeted us with a special ceremonial solemnity. He then explained that the two ladies would be present as guests. Quote Marie Steiner because she is present for everything. Dr. Wegmann, because there are also other groups of the same kind as yours 
that nurture the inner life. These must now be integrated into the general esoteric life, naturally according to strict esoteric laws. For this there must be a person who connects all of this. That is the reason Dr. Wegmann is here. Close quote. He described the two ladies as, in quotes, auditors. From the first moment on, one experienced that Dr. Steiner had a bearing that was quite specially earnest and of a ceremonial-like solemnity. He got up from his seat and standing the whole time, and turning completely toward us, he spoke quite solemnly. Thereby his gesture and power of speech was such that his voice was as if writing the words into the far-reaching distances, not just for the present. Let us, my dear sisters and brothers, hear in standing the words of self-knowledge that resound to human beings out of stone and mountain, out of forests and clouds, out of all the forms of the world that surround them, and that have resounded as words of self-knowledge in all the ages wherein a spiritual striving existed. These words resound. Readers aside, I am going to attempt the German kind of advance apologies for that. It seems appropriate to give it a try. End of readers aside. O Mensch, erkenne dich selbst, so tönt das Weltenwort. Du hörst es seelenkräftig, du fühlst es geistgewaltig. Wer spricht so weltenmächtig? Wer spricht so herzeniglich? Wirkt es durch des Raumes weiten Strahlung in deines Sinnes Seins erleben? Tönt es durch der Zeiten Wellenweben in deines Lebens Werderstrom? Bist du es selbst? der sich im Raumes fühlen, im Zeit erleben. Das Wort erschafft dich fremd, erfühlend in Raumes Seelenlehre, weil du des Denkens Kraft verlierst im Zeitvernichtungsstrome. O human being, know yourself, so resounds the cosmic word. You hear it soul forcefully. You feel it spirit mightily. Who speaks so cosmic powerfully? Who speaks so heart inwardly? Does it work through space's expansive radiance into your senses' experience of being? Does it resound through time's weaving waves into your life's stream? Of becoming. Are you yourself the one who, in the feeling of space, the experience of time, creates the word, feeling yourself estranged in space's soul emptiness, because you lost thinking's force in time's annihilating stream? Now he motioned with his hand for us to sit down. He remains standing. The human being is losing the force of thought. I turn today to the youth in you, since you have come together as esoteric youth, for you are the esoteric youth group. 
The human being is losing the force of thought. However, the time has come when humanity must reconquer this force. I gave this to you as a task when you connected with one another as an esoteric youth group. And you must strive toward this. The youth should not want to know more than the rest of the members of the Anthroposophical Society. And your striving should not be to know something different, but rather to know the same thing differently. We are led to a different kind of knowing, however, when we strive to experience the earth as a star, as a star among stars. For thinking, feeling, and willing, the earth must be conquered anew. What makes something a star? Something is a star when it rays out, gleams, and has form and weight in it that holds the body together. But what is it that rays out from the star? It is the will of the beings that reside in the star. You will, and the earth radiates out into the universe. It is the feeling of the beings that reside in a star that makes it gleam and sparkle. You feel, and the earth gleams as star into the universe. It is the thinking that wraps light-filled around the star. You think, and your thinking allows the earth to shimmer in ways of light. In the perceiving and touching of the beings that reside in the star, the star builds its density. Through your touch, the earth achieves its form. Parenthesis. Record B. Rudolf Steiner said that here, touch refers to all perception. Close parenthesis. It is just that you must so train your consciousness that your thinking, feeling, and willing is not for you, but is for the cosmos, so that it rays out, gleams, and shines into the wits of the cosmos. Through your thinking, feeling, and willing, the earth becomes visible to the beings on the other stars, but also the evil that human beings think, feel, and will radiates out into the cosmos. It is still visible in the starry space after millions of years. A star radiates, a star gleams, a star shines, a star has density. In dem Strahle lebt mein Wollen, den Güter strahlt vom Sterne, in dem Glanze lebt mein Fühlen, den Liebe glänzt am Sterne, in der Hülle lebt mein Denken, denn Licht wirkt in dem Sternen, in der Schwere lebt mein Tasten, denn Dichte bildet den Sterne. In the ray lives my will, for the good rays forth from the star, in the gleam lives my feeling, for love gleams on the star. In the sheath lives my thinking, for light works in the star. In the gravity lives my touch, for density builds the star. Bracket in F. Goethe's handwriting, close bracket, In dem Strahle lebt mein Wollen, den Güter strahlt vom Sterne. In dem Glanze lebt mein Fühlen, 
denn Liebe glänzt am Sterne. In the ray lives my will, for the good rays forth from the star. In the gleam lives my feeling, for love gleams on the star. Yes, dear sisters and brothers, cosmic responsibility should awaken in your souls. Love gleams from the star, and truth forms on the star. The ancient sacred wisdom of the Indians already spoke of this, and it is again time for today's youth to bring the oldest wisdom of humanity back into consciousness. There's a first part, uh, readers aside, there's a first part I believe in Sanskrit I cannot read. I will begin with the German. End of readers aside. Von dem die ganze Welt stammt, zu dem sie wieder zurückkehrt, durch den sie sicher gestützt ist, in dem selbst, welches weiß, sei aller Ehre. To him, out of which the whole world comes, to whom it returns again, and through whom it is safely supported. To him, the self who knows, all honor be given. Kali Yuga has now ended, a span of five thousand years, and our whole experience today must again pick up the thread of the light age that ended five thousand years ago. In this new age, humanity must come to experience the earth in a completely new way. Humanity is now being led to cross over the threshold of the spiritual world. This means that human beings between their thirtieth and fortieth year of life meet the guardian of the threshold. Many people experience the guardian unconsciously, and that is something terrible. Then consequences will come for human beings of such a kind. Elemental beings will make themselves noticeable. Then everything that becomes enlivened out of the realm of nature crawls around them as the spiritual. Everything out of the solid element, especially out of the horned and hooved animals, becomes free and interferes in a terrible demonic manner in the human soul, and the whole life of the nerves is ruined. For this reason, it is necessary at the turning point of Kali Yuga to cross the threshold consciously. Erkenne erst den ernsten Hütter, der vor des Geisterlandes Pforten steht, den Einlass deiner Sinnenkraft und deines Verstandes macht verwehrend, weil du ihm Sinnes weben und ihm Gedanken bilden, aus Raumes Wesen Lösigkeit, aus Zeiten Trugewalten, des eigenen Wesens Wahrheit, der kraftvoll erst erobern mußt. Know first the earnest guardian, who stands before the door of spirit land, refusing entrance to your senses' power, and your understanding's might, because in your senses weaving and your thoughts forming from space's beinglessness and time's powers of illusion, the truth of your own being you must first raise. It is the destiny of humanity to stand before the guardian of the threshold at the turning point of Kali Yuga. If you approach the earth from out of the cosmos, 
you experience it as closed within an atmosphere of human karma. It surrounds the earth like a warmth-love cloak, out of which your own karma speaks to you world mightily. When you learn to meet the guardian, you will experience how your karma wraps itself around you like a warmth cloak, how it blows lovingly upon you. Bracket in handwriting from F. Goethe. Close bracket. In dem Glanze lebt mein Fühlen, den Liebe glänzt am Stern. In the gleam lives my feeling, for love gleams on the star. Our thinking should radiate, should shine into the cosmos. When, however, human beings do not think, feel, and will spiritually, when they refuse to meet the guardian consciously, then no human experience shines into the cosmos. In the nineteenth century, as human beings stopped thinking spiritually, human thinking was not sufficient to let the earth radiate. Yet a star must radiate. Because of that, in the last third of the nineteenth century, the higher animal group souls had to step in and send out their light. At that time, the cosmic disgrace of humanity began to radiate into the cosmos. For that reason, there must be found in humanity souls whose spiritual knowledge allows the earth to shine out as star into cosmic space for the residence of the other stars. In dem Strahle lebt mein Wollen, den Güte strahlt vom Sterne. In dem Glanze lebt mein Fühlen, den Liebe glänzt am Sterne. In the ray lives my will, for the good rays forth from the star. In the gleam lives my feeling, for love gleams on the star. The light age has begun, and the relation of the spiritual world to the physical has become completely different. When I sit with the spirits and minds of the nineteenth century and words resound, for instance, of a Hermann Grimm, they sound quite spiritually sensitive. But when I sit with the spirits that your souls want to become, it makes those fine, sensitive words sound like empty word chiming. This is because at the present time such a great wealth streams down out of the spiritual world. One can experience this as spiritual snow flurries falling softly onto the souls of human beings. The youth must find their way in what spurs them on to spiritual deeds. Up until now the youth have learned some things from us about the nature of their youth. That was enough. Now they must learn to experience this nature of youth themselves. Now it is a matter of winning the earth anew for thinking, feeling, and willing. It is a matter of your finding the development stream of the world. Then you will experience that the earth being disappears. The time will come when the ground is taken from beneath your feet. And when the moment comes in your life when everything physical plunges into the abyss because the abyss opens up and the firm ground under your feet disappears, then the spirit light that shines in the development stream of the world will become weaker and weaker. It will become like a thin thread and you will experience that this thread burns. Then, however, you must have the courage to take hold of this thread even though it burns. You must hold firmly onto this glowing, burning thread of the spiritual. 
and you must say to yourselves, We want to create a new ground under our feet. Thus, you must learn to have soul courage. There was an ancient sacred knowledge in humanity. You must have the courage to pick up the thread of this knowledge. This knowledge lived once in Aristotle. It disappeared. People did not understand Aristotle anymore. Only in certain Catholic orders was it known yet in the nineteenth century that the wisdom of Aristotle was in truth a path of meditation. There they still knew how to read his books in this manner. Vincenz Knauer was among those who still knew this. Only with aching heart did I decide to say what I said in the evening lectures. Often the ancient sacred knowledge was not to be found among the scholars, but among the poor, simple people. It was one of the most deeply moving events of my life when I met such a human being, the herb gatherer. He spoke in words that went deeply to the heart about plants, stones, animals, stars, sun and moon. The living stream of the old knowledge still lived in him, and it is a special destiny that I could meet these two people, Vincenz Knauer and the herb gatherer that in the last moment of humanity I could connect with both of these streams through which the dwindling ancient knowledge could still trickle into the nineteenth century. Yes, the youth must learn to reach into that fiery thread, even though it burns. When everything sinks into the abyss, we must learn to find ourselves in the development stream of the world. When earlier in ancient times there sounded forth to human beings out of stone and spring, out of tree and flower, the exhortation, O human being, know yourself. The answer was then the sacred, Aum. The human being went into the sacred stillness to receive the word of the gods. Now that the word has entered the age, however, in which human beings are expected in the cosmos, when the human beings are called to their own Activity, this sacred Aum, is no longer the answer that should resound. It should now sound forth to the spirits that want to become the spirits of your souls as the answer, Ja, da bin ich für eure Weltentaten. Yes, I am there for your cosmic deeds. The youth must make this come true. Dr. Steiner closed the lesson by speaking the words of the Guardian once again. Erkenne erst den ernsten Hütter, der vor des Geisterlandes Pforten steht, den Einlass deiner Sinnenkraft und deines Verstandes macht verwehrend, weil du ihm Sinnesweben und ihm Gedanken bilden, aus Raumes Wesenlosigkeit, aus Zeiten Truger walten, des eigenen Wesens Wahrheit, der kraftvoll erst erobern mußt. Know first the earnest guardian who stands before the door of spirit land, refusing entrance to your senses' power and your understanding's might, because in your senses weaving, and in your thoughts forming, from space's beinglessness and time's powers of illusion, the truth of your own being you first must raise. And the answer of the human soul, 
Ich trat in diese Sinneswelt, des Denkens Erbe mit mir führend. Eines Gottes Kraft hat mich hereingeführt. Der Tod, er steht an des Weges Ende. Ich will des Christus Wesen fühlen. Es weckt in Stoffes Sterben Geistgeburt. Im Geiste find ich so die Welt und erkenne mich im Weltenwerden. I stepped into this sensory world, bringing with me thinking's harvest. A God's power has brought me in. Death stands at the path's end. I feel the being of Christ. It awakens in matter's dying spirit birth. In spirit I find the world and know myself in world becoming. At the end, Rudolf Steiner made the same sign in front of him in the space that he made later at the Christmas conference and spoke with this the words, Ja, so sei es, yea, so be it. Parenthesis. The notes reproduced here do not come from a direct stenographic record. They are put together from my notes made immediately afterward and from those of several friends, where the composition was quite specially remembered. From other remarks by Rudolf Steiner, it follows that the, that the term youth naturally does not mean the physical chronological age, but the characteristic of being a post-Kali Yuga soul, Dr. M. R., bracket the characteristic signature of Maria Röschel, close bracket, close parenthesis. Next comes the youth group meditations. There's the facsimiles. Annotations of the editors of the German edition for the facsimile of pages 426 and 427. The word Erhelung, illumination, below on the left side is written in pencil by Marie Steiner. Two further comments that belong to it are on the right side of the original but are not visible in the facsimile because the back side of the page shone through and therefore the page had to be cleaned up. These comments that were also written in pencil and are as follows, above right, quote, do not type this page, Marie Steiner, close quote, and below right, quote, not copied, J.M., close quote. The latter is the handwriting of Johanna Mücke. This had to do with the fact that in the first years after Rudolf Steiner's death, Marie Steiner allowed the mantras and other notes be copied out of his notebooks so that they would be on hand for publishing purposes. According to the handwritten entry of Lily Kalisko, in her notebook, she was given the mantra on November 11, 1924, as follows. For the first part, evenings, sun shining mildly in the sky, may it warm, etc. Mornings, sun and moon in the sky, may it warm feeling in common for us, etc. Midday, starry heavens, moon among the stars, sun shining through the earth. May it warm our feeling in common to human deeds. For the second part, wakeful expectation, blue sky, I am. Illumination, I am in world existence. Here are the transcription of the facsimile on pages 426 and 427. These come in three columns. I will read 
each column all the way through. First is in German, Sonne. Es wärme die Sonnenseele in meinem Haupt. Es leuchte der Sonnengeist in meinem Herzen. So bin ich. And that in English is Sun. May there warm the sun's soul in my head. May there shine the sun's spirit in my heart. Thus I am. Next column, Mont. Uns gemeinsames Fühlen befeuere uns mir heiligem Feuer. Lebe auch euer Denken. Uns gemeinsames Licht erhelle uns mit reinem Licht. Lebe auch eure Wollen mit euch, ihr mit mir. English Moon For us common feeling, kindle us with holy fire. May there live your thinking. For us common light, illumine us with pure light. May there live also your willing, with you, you, with me. Next column, Sterne, zu Menschentaten in allen Lebenslagen und trage geistige Wesen für Menschenziele in allem Leben streben und wirke göttliches Wollen und Christi Kraft im Erden sein. English, stars, two human deeds in all life circumstances and bear human beings for human goals in all life's striving and work divine willing and Christ's power in earth existence. And now below the, all of these, blue sky. I am, soul lives, spirit works, I in world existence, soul in spirit willing, illumination, spirit in deed of God. The mantras given in the esoteric lesson in Dornach on December 30th, 1923, readers aside, I'm again skipping the Sanskrit, going straight to the German and the readers aside in German, von dem die ganze Welt stammt, zu dem sie wieder zurückkehrt, durch den sie sicher gestützt, ist ihm dem selbst, welches weiß, sei aller Ära. In English, from which the whole world comes, to which it returns again, through which it is safely protected, to him, the self which knows be all honor. In the rays lives my willing for the good rays in the stars. In the shine lives my feeling for love shines in the stars. In the sheaths lives my thinking for light works in the stars. In the gravity lives my touching for density builds the stars. Referring to a facsimile Entry in Rudolf Steiner's notebook, archive number 850, for the esoteric lesson of December 30th, 1923. These must be connected with this lesson because it is included in the notes.
for the December 1923 lectures. Next page, referring again to another facsimile, esoteric. The more the human being can avoid the melding with the earthly system, for the head, for the breast, courage, for the limbs. Know that courage carries the earth upward through you. Spirit carries the spirit light toward you. Soul is the inner shelter of the light. The human being is above completely independent of the outer world, below completely surrendered to it. Number one, the eye can live only in the rays of the stars. Number two, the astral body can live only in the shine of the stars. Number three, the etheric body lives in the sheaths of the stars. The physical body lives in the gravity of the stars. Now we come upon the three-part mantra, also known as the three tablets. All of the esoteric lessons that were held from the end of World War I to the new founding of the esoteric school as the independent school for spiritual science were opened and closed with the first of these three mantras. Prior to World War I, other meditative verses were used. See Collected Works, Volume 266, Volume 1. This practice was then continued in the new esoteric school. However, all three mantras were only rarely spoken together. In London on April 16, 1922, and in Vienna on September 30, 1923, the Rosicrucian sentences were interwoven with the third mantra. See the facsimile on pages 444 and 445. The original document with many corrections is to be found in Rudolf Steiner's notebook for the year 1920, archive number 98. The facsimile given in this volume comes from Rudolf Steiner's notebook for the year 1923 archive number 281. Included also is the handwritten record of the mantras by Ludwig Polzer Hoditz from the lesson in Vienna on September 30th, 1923. And there's some facsimiles, facsimiles, facsimiles. And I'm just going to read the English on these. You've heard the German before. Number one, human being, know yourself. So resounds the cosmic word. You hear it, soul, forcefully. You feel it, spirit, mightily. Who speaks so cosmic powerfully? Who speaks so heart inwardly? Does it work through space's expansive radiance into your senses' experience of being? Does it resound through time's weaving waves into your life's stream of becoming? You are yourself the one who in the feeling of space the experience of time creates the word, feeling yourself estranged in space's soul emptiness because you lost thinking's force in time's annihilating stream. Number two, know first the earnest guardian who stands before the door of spirit land refusing entrance to your senses' power and your understanding's might, because in your senses' weaving and your thoughts' forming from space's beinglessness and time's powers of illusion, the truth of your own being must raise you first. And the last tablet, 
Number three, I stepped into this sensory world, bringing with me thinking's harvest. A God's power has brought me in. Death stands at the path's end. I feel the being of Christ. It awakens in matter's dying spirit birth. In spirit I find the world and know myself in world becoming. And that is the end of The Collected Works, Volume 266, Volume 3, by Rudolf Steiner, translated by Marshall Post.